Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. Uh, this is podcast number 484. Uh, my name is Eric Nelson, and I have no co-host, with, co-host today. John White is on vacation, getting ready for everybody to come to VMworld, so we're all getting ready. On the show today, we have Mike Hume, senior staff. Uh, no, no, he's not. That's not his title, but he's <laughs> going to tell us our title. He, We're going to be talking about Google Cloud and VMware, so it's an exciting day. Mike is in the studio. Mike, how are you doing? Great. Uh, good to be here again. Uh, thanks for letting me sit in. And it's uh, Senior Director for VMware Cloud. I've been managing the cloud strategy and portfolio for the last two and a half years or so. Yeah, great, great. And Mike's uh, Mike's been here many times, and so you can go back and listen to the old podcast with Mike. Maybe we'll do a one-minute one uh, introduction to who Mike is in case you're new to the podcast. Uh, but before we get to the podcast, we'll just talk VMworld. So VMworld is coming up. Obviously, the conference is on 0829, so uh, there are still tickets available. So you can go there, buy some tickets, and come down. Uh, I have We have been looking on online. There are still hotels out there in the $250 range. So uh, they're not going to be your, your super high brand hotels, but they are certainly up in the city, you know, a, a, an Uber ride away to get uh, to Moscone. Uh, so we were a little bit worried about hotel prices. You get scared off on the big ones or at like four or $500 a night. But we did some research and there are plenty of $250 a night boutique hotels still up in the city that you can get. So you can come in. Uh, also, I know that in the next uh, week or so, day passes are going to go on sale. Uh, day passes are still you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,000, give or take, for a full day. But you can pick your day and come in and see the sessions you want. So if you're in California and you want to do a day trip, you can fly up, uh, do some cool stuff, and then fly back home without the hotel. If you want to come in for uh, for the week, uh, you can still get tickets, and uh, we're, we're excited about that. So um, we are pushing, trying to get everybody to there. There's going to be some really cool stuff at VM VMworld this year. Uh, one of the things that we just opened up, and there are still labs available, is we have the uh, Kubernetes uh, coding experiences in the VMware code booths that's going on. I'll just run through those. One, we have a lab. Uh, and I don't know the lab numbers, but they're code labs. You can look for them in uh, Content Calendar. Uh, one is uh, just learning how Raspberry Pi works and building uh, some application code to pull in sensor data. And we have six different sensors we've got uh, examples for. And you can build that code. It's a, a, a two-hour session that you can uh, get on a Raspberry Pi, build the code, and uh, and have those run. And it's a lot of fun to do that. That's the first of a three-part lab series. The second one is how to now take that code, that application, and build a Kubernetes pod, uh, and then run the Kubernetes. we run Kubernetes on Raspberry Pi. So we show you how to set up Kubernetes on Raspberry Pi, a master node, a worker node, then take your application code and run that uh, as a Kubernetes payload, right? So that's pretty cool, a, a pod app. Um, and then the third app uh, that we're building is we'll actually take that pod uh, app that you've written and run local on your Raspberry Pis, and we'll move that pod app up to PKS. So we have PKS accounts set up, so you'll get some hands-on time with PKS, which uh, based on how we've been using it is really nice, right? So easy to set up, easy to upload your YAML files for your pod definitions. And then we're actually proxying the sensors that are in front of you on your Raspberry Pi up into AWS Cloud, and it'll run on your PKS um, uh, 
nodes, uh, Kubernetes nodes, and you'll actually see your data and we'll graph that data on a web server so you can go to your laptop and go look at your, uh, your sensors in front of you, uploading that data up into a, a Kubernetes workload, a pod app, onto Kubernetes, and then display it as a web app. Uh, so pretty cool, those three. So if you want to learn Kubernetes, uh, we still have, uh, we only open those labs up uh, this week. So there are still seats. We're running them, I think, four times a day. So we'll have, uh, I think, over 100 different seats for those, for those labs. Uh, come in, and anybody that comes will obviously get a free sensor and should be a lot of fun. So uh, definitely, if you're thinking about, there's a couple reasons to come to VMworld this year. One, you can learn all about Kubernetes. Uh, we have Joe, uh, Joe Beto there. He's got some sessions open. Uh, we have a lot of code sessions open. We have cloud sessions. And then, as we'll talk about Mike today, there is the whole multi-cloud thing. So right. coming up to speed on multi-cloud. So for me this year, this is a year to actually broaden what you do. Not only you have network storage and compute, mm -hmm. but now we have cloud, we have multi-cloud, yep. and we have IoT, we have Kubernetes. I mean, this is a way to expand your career. So yeah. if, if I were going to spend a couple thousand dollars on career education, this is where I'd come for the week. I think it's not too late. Get your tickets. Come on up. Yeah, right. and actually, I'd, I'd love to just encourage people, anyone that's coming, uh, we're going to run our dedicated space called uh, Cloud uh, Cloud City. And uh, Cloud City, if you were there at VMware last year, was actually a, a really unified space where you can come and see the entire cloud portfolio. You can get hands-on with demos. You can do something sort of self-guided. If you want to walk through really the common scenarios, you know, how to run hybrid operations, how to migrate to the cloud, how to manage across clouds, how to deploy Kubernetes apps, this is a single spot for you to come and get hands-on with all of those products. And uh, that would be in Moscone West this year. Last year, we had a ton of people come through in Village. And uh, we got to move it out to where the tech sessions are. And we think we're going to have uh, just a, a great showing for everyone there. Yeah, almost like I, I feel like because the code stuff also moved to West. So yeah. now West is kind of got the labs. It's got your sessions, it's right. got Cloud City, and it's got code. That's right? right. So you just come hang out at West, and there's just right. gonna, it's going to be like party central for yeah. learning in West. Yeah, other than the keynotes and then sort of the solution exchange booth areas, uh, everything uh, in West, I think, is, gives you a great package of things to come and see. Yeah, and, 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 and I know this year they expanded Moscone, so it got bigger, so they have more yep. space. But really, I think they've optimized kind of uh, where you want to come learn, yep. to, to come to West and learn. And then, you know, you can come back and watch keynotes. Uh, you don't have to do quite as much bouncing back and forth between uh, South, where the village was, right. and your sessions over in West. So That's right. Uh, might be a really nice experience. So uh, looking forward to it. I know registration's booming, so, you know, the, there's going to be a lot of people there, right? So, Absolutely. Uh, but yeah. we're always lo looking forward to picking up uh, last the last uh, couple weeks of, of reg tends to uh, accelerate the curve up. So always. looking forward to that. That's right. All right, uh, that's uh, that's it for public service announcements. Um, you know, we, the the big announcement that obviously we've got Mike here is the Google Cloud announcement, right? Yep, so that's right. We, that we're all high fiving ourselves around here. I yeah. think uh, we'll talk about that on the show. And then we did announce the band uh, for VMworld. Um, it hasn't really been uh, big on social, but maybe Tony Foster, who's online now, um, can actually. Uh, give us the who the band is. Uh, the band wasn't actually bad, but I don't have the name in front of me. Mm -hmm. But somebody in chat on the podcast will go look up the band. We're not allowed to publicize the band in social, so all we can do is talk about it in places like this, and yep. so it can kind of go out virally. The, the, the bands themselves don't actually, um, you know, 
don't like us tweeting about it. But That's right. It's always big news. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the band is out there. We'll get that to you. And then in chat, uh, somebody recommends that we need to hire Billy D. Williams to work at Cloud City. So you know. it's you know it's been a common request. It might be our number one request, mm-hmm. and uh, we would definitely be open. So if Billy's listening, I know sometimes he does listen to this podcast. We're uh, we're definitely open to negotiating. We actually back in the days of Steve Harrod, back I remember that. Yeah. We actually got a quote from him. I remember that. Come and do that, yeah. and I think it was like sixty k for yeah. him to come. But he also kind of wrapped that up into sponsoring and being like a year long spokesman. So, I think, but I think he it's cool. wouldn't do a visit unless he was going to be a spokesman. So you couldn't get him for like. 20k just to come and hang out and sign autographs. Yeah, he wanted to be the spokesman for the year, which was going to be set uh, 70 to 100k. Yeah, so his, I think happened. his price might go up after the uh, next release of the last Star Wars movie. Though. The other thing is, if we go back and look, um, they're all getting older. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> not the it's not the guys we saw back 20 years ago. So that's right. We're we're all lifelong fans. All right. Big shout out to Tony Foster who tells us. The One Republic band is who we've got. This oh, okay. So great. One Republic. So that's great. That's great. So yeah. it should be fun. And it's not going to be at the center. It's at uh, a conference hall. Oh, great. Uh, so awesome. yeah, it's off. It's off site at Moscone. So uh, they're going to they're going to bus everybody over to the concert hall. And it should be a, a reasonably good concert. So and, all right, with that. Put a look in chat for uh, VMworld Fest that has all those details on it, Eric. Oh, fantastic! So VMworld.com slash en slash us slash vmworld dash fest.html. Great. So you can go there and take a look at the, the conference venue as well as all the other activities. So neat. Thank you, Tony. Um, yep. All right. So let's get on to the big announcement, which uh, Mike Hume, uh, thanks for being on the show again. Uh, as yeah. always, the, the, it, we're moving so fast in the cloud space, we can probably have you on every four shows yeah. just talk about all the stuff we're doing. So why don't you tell us first, uh, one minute elevator pitch, who are you? How long sure. have you been at VMware? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, great to be back, and you're right. Everything is moving incredibly quickly. Um, it's, I've, I've been with VMware for almost 10 years now, uh, but I actually uh, have been back at VMware for about two and a half years uh, running our cloud strategy, um, our cloud marketing, and uh, it's really amazing to see how far we've, we've moved in those two and a half years. Really, we were at just the start of the, the resetting and reframing our strategy for the market about two and a half years ago. Uh, we hadn't introduced any solution like VMware Cloud on AWS. We, we've, since then, we've done a ton of acquisitions. We've really expanded our profile through the market. And I'm really excited and proud of how far we've come in that small time frame. Uh, ironically enough, what I was doing right before I came back to VMware was uh, working at Google, launching the Google Cloud platform for their enterprise business. Um, so I have a, you know, uh, interesting perspective from both sides in terms of uh, what we were trying to do at Google um, and how this particular solution, I think, can actually help uh, both VMware and Google um, continue to move along this agenda. Um, so great to be back here on the podcast. Great to be back at VMware and excited to see where we're going. Yeah, and, it, and it's fun. It's fun because when we brought you back two years yeah. ago, you came back. You worked at Google. Yeah. And we brought and the, the big buzz was we were going to do an, a deal with Google, That's right. right? Yeah. And so you came. Yeah. It made logical sense. That, yeah. Hey, yeah. we got Mike Hume back. He was over at Google Cloud. Yeah. We're working with Diane Green at the time. That's right. Sooner or later, we're going to do an announcement. That's and right. then that kind of sat on table, kind yeah. of germinating. Then we went yeah. to AWS and yeah. you know, IBM and then Microsoft and, and then yeah. Finally, finally, uh, yeah. uh, Google. So. Yeah, and I think you know Google is such an interesting company. And what I what I love about them is that um, they're really um, always trying to do things um, a little bit differently. You know, they're always trying to push the envelope, not have 
um, the exact same strategy as some of the other players in the market. Um, you know, putting a lot of energy into things like machine learning, artificial intelligence, all their data models. I mean, they've really put just so much innovation into that um, those areas of the business. And um, so I think that you know, coming in in terms of timing, this this announcement to work with VMware is just really perfect in terms of the where they are in the market, their platform, all these incredibly uh, innovative services that they have, and then looking at VMware with our enterprise background, the strength of our customer base, and uh, in the data center, all the traditional workloads that are moving to the cloud. And it's just really a great union of two companies that are really experts in their area and bringing together um, really unique points of view, uh, unique architectures for the benefit of our customers. Great. So let's get to the announcement itself. I know that Sanjay Poonin and uh, the Google Cloud uh, CEO, uh, Thomas Kurian. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Thomas Kurian came over to um, Google um, more recently as a CEO. He was... Uh, leading uh, a lot of infrastructure and cloud efforts up at Oracle. Um, and he's really just continued a lot of the strategies that uh, Diane had initiated in, in pushing uh, Google Cloud into the enterprise. And it's, a, um, it's a, a great movement to take this, you know, giant leading vendor that's really, you know, proven out the cloud model in their own infrastructure and their own services and really bring that innovation to customers. So um, Sanjay and, and Thomas made this announcement. Um, it's it's uh, along the same lines of us really extending VMware Cloud Foundation into the cloud. We've taken this core infrastructure of compute, storage, networking, and management, the things that all of our customers are benefiting from today in their data center, and we've really brought it to the cloud in a variety of ways. Uh, Google Cloud gives us the ability to deploy uh, VMware Cloud Foundation into uh, the Google data center, the Google Cloud, and gives uh, all of our customers the ability to migrate applications freely from their data center to Google Cloud on that consistent infrastructure, and then also manage it, use the same policies, the same security, the same skills and teams, all the things that they've really proven out their data center on can now be extended seamlessly to Google Cloud now as well. Right, which is kind of the same model we have for Amazon AWS, Microsoft Azure, and IBM Blue Max. Right? Yeah. Uh, we're- I- I, I love this actually. I mean, when I originally went to Google, you know, I think we were there was a lot of um, uh, discussion in the market that you know VMware and the cloud were going to be mortal enemies. You know, it was going to be an either or type situation, and and you know, as happens a lot of times in early stages of markets, you you view a lot of these things as mutually exclusive. And uh, when the Amazon relationship was announced with uh, Pat and Andy Jassy, I think it really broke new ground, and it shocked a lot of people to think oh, wait, these worlds can actually be combined. We can get the best of both worlds. We can right. actually take the things that we know and move them into this you know, new environment that we're really trying to explore and prove out. And, um, and it took a little while for people to, to understand that, but the, um, the innovation we've delivered with VMware Cloud on AWS, the conti- consistent uh, you know, roadmap of, of capabilities we've delivered, the fact that now we're in 16 data centers for uh, AWS around the world, um, seeing great customer adoption, partners adopting it, you know, that really proved that model. And I think it was only natural for us to be able to extend this to Azure and then to Google and give our customers a, a flexibility of moving to the uh, cloud provider of their choice. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It reminds me back of the early days when VMware first got into storage business, right? That's All right. of a sudden, yeah. we were just this neutral player, right, right, that provided infrastructure that allowed storage vendors to take advantage of virtualization. That's right. right. And we sat in the middle trying to be neutral and then yeah. and just giving you software to enable moving into that model. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, you know, in the end of the day, um, you know, customers really have the strongest voice here and they're the ones that speak. You know, customers want to move to the cloud and they want to move there quickly. They don't want to spend a lot of money 
rewriting or refactoring an application for a new architecture. Um, you know, we're seeing estimates that you know every VM costs about a thousand dollars just to rewrite or refactor for a native cloud environment. That's an exorbitant amount of cost. It could be a million dollars for a thousand virtual machines just to move the same applications with right. no to new code. Location. That's right. right. It's right. literally just no new innovation, anything. And then you've hardwired that to a new infrastructure environment. Right. With VMware, we can eliminate all of that cost, all of that effort, and let you use the same skills and tools and teams that you're using today. Right. And I got to say that I was a little bit wrong last year when I was I, you know, privately making my own assessment of where we were going when we did the AWS thing, Right. Yeah. where I was like, yeah. oh, great. So we've we, I, I take the, the, I, I look AWS as like a Key West, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, we made a highway yeah. to Key West now. Right. How much traffic is going to go that way versus how much traffic is going to come back? Yeah. And I was a little bit worried that well, all we were doing was making this massive highway with a toll road to get you over to a new continent, right? But that how much traffic was actually going to go bi-directional on that? Yeah. And I was kind of skeptical that we were ever going to see bi-directional traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I've learned now that I was wrong with that. With that, not only are we building, we built a road. It yep. is a two directional road. But we've also created a road over to these other islands, and all of a sudden we're the we're the we're the you know NSX becomes a way of infrastructure yep. to allow you to make choices of best of breed application locations. Right, these islands have different features. Right, yep. some of yep. them have beautiful beaches. Some of them have wind that you can right. kite surf on. There are just th- this analogy of providing infrastructure to let you get yeah. get where you want to go to take advantage of the services that are on the these islands or these these cloud environments is yep. uh, I was wrong right that they, they, yeah. we're building a, a, a communication network between these places and a managed service network that has security you know operational control all yep. these things right so yeah, yeah. i mean the, the the great thing is to see what customers are really doing with with these environments and you know like you said it's not just a highway it's you know what do you do when you get there so great that you can migrate applications. It's great you can do it without any downtime or having to, you know, adapt or refactor this application. But then, you know, in in AWS, you have access to something like, you know, 160 services that AWS writes and publishes. They can do all of their innovation on these incredible new services that you can now integrate in with your existing applications, modernize something that's been running for years, get new life and new value out of that. You know, likewise, with the Azure VMware solutions, you have access to Azure SQL Server, you know, all sure. the services that, that Microsoft has a lot of software. Right. That's right. right. IBM Cloud, the same thing. And then, you know, as we roll out Google, we'll see the same thing. So what, what we see is customers now have more freedom than ever to move a workload freely based on the value of that application and then what they want to do with it long term. Maybe you want to pick and choose from the right services for you. This now becomes the customer and the applications are king. And what we really want to do is enable all of those that flexibility. And I can see a base level of services that are just almost you know commodity services, mm-hmm. right? That the cloud vendors have, right? Yep. And then and then layered on top of that are specialized services that yeah. m- might be advantageous from one cloud to another cloud. But yeah. I can see this cost structure because you have the you know, multi-cloud environment that you can choose from, mm-hmm. and it's it's effectively doable now That's versus right. Uh, right. before. Yeah, you could say it, but. How would you do that? Like you say, a cost per VM for, mm-hmm. per app. You yep. can't really move it. Uh, but now that you can move it, now there's price competition between the base level commodity services, yep. right? That allow you know the cloud vendors to have to compete on 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 price on commodity services. Yeah, we think that there's a just a, a new kind of phase of the market that's starting to evolve, which is this true multi-cloud kind of world. Um, I think that you know VMware did a great job in breaking down the walls that existed between the data center and the cloud. And whether that's with our cloud provider partners who are, you know, 
um, 60 that are cloud verified, 4,000 right. that are around the world, or whether it's the real specialized services like we have with the ones we've just been talking about, that shows that you can ha you don't have to have these islands between your data center clouds. The multi-cloud world says, well, what if you could have all of this? And right. you know, uh, you know, the thing that I'm excited about is that there's a ton of diversity out there in the market. Diversity can be overwhelming or chaotic, or it can just have tons of opportunities. So we're really looking at this as a positive to say, what if you can harness all this diversity for your advantage? Choose the things that you want, choose the things that are most valuable, um, pick the right price point for what you're trying to drive as a business, and have the freedom to access it freely. Yeah, you, you can definitely see that um, that's a necessary part in order to really take advantage of this model, mm -hmm. right? That a base infrastructure and the fact that you already have this in your own data center, yeah. right? You're already, you know, you can just expand your knowledge on NSX and vSAN. That's probably a, 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 a five-year learning curve for most right. administrators. Right. So being able to do that and then apply it into cloud environments, mm -hmm. that allows you to just get cloud for free. Yeah. Because right? uh, the learning curve for this stuff, if you, if you had to look at different technologies in each cloud, mm -hmm. right? I just can't see... Yeah. I think my head would explode, right, if I was trying to run a data center like that. Yeah, one of the big conversations we've been having with customers recently is just around what you're talking about. The the reskilling of their teams is right. an enormous amount of, of cost and time and effort. And now imagine taking a team that has been, you know, really operating really efficiently and effectively for five or ten years. Now you're going to teach some of them Azure, you're going to teach some of them AWS, you're going to teach some of them Google, IBM, others. And down the road, you're going to have, you know, individual silos, teams that have to keep fresh with all these skills, different tools, security models, et cetera. Uh, we think that actually, you know, the, the VMware strategy is really appealing to customers because it gives you this baseline. They can spend less time really being, you know, concerned at the, the core infrastructure. Right. They can be more concerned about applications and services and innovation. It's all the stuff that I think we, we accomplished in the data center by abstracting away from the infrastructure there. And we're just repeating the things that we do really well out in the cloud. Yeah, and it comes back to the, the VMware code efforts that uh, we try to run here also, which is up that stack a little bit. You, you, there's so much work to be done with just managing, you know, how apps are being deployed in this, right. right? And now you have Kubernetes that can run on 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 uh, SCDC as well. Mm -hmm. So now that whole infrastructure runs and there might be less work. I'm not going to be racking and stacking as many boxes as right, I used to, right? right? Uh, but now I'm going to be operating this this multi-cloud network, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's only two cloud, my cloud, mm -hmm. my data center cloud, and then maybe one Azure or whichever one we choose. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I also get to play with that app layer, yeah, right? And, right? And and work with the, the next gen apps, right? To make sure that they're just plugging into a solid cloud infrastructure. And so my, my job goes up a little bit, right? Yep. I expand out into SDN, and 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 storage network and then I manage that cloud ops uh, mm -hmm. and that's where I, I tend to sit now right just yeah. a little bit higher up which is I think good for everybody and just a ton of work at that next level up yeah yeah I think every year we get um, to sort of move further and further towards our ability to focus on those applications focus right. on services um, there's tons of energy in Kubernetes right now and right. you know with the acquisitions made last year around Heptio you mentioned Joe Beta right. Craig right. McClucky Really, that whole team of individuals are some of the, the best talent in Kubernetes in the world. And um, 
they're bringing some incredible new ideas to VMware and, and some exciting things we'll share at yeah. VMworld as well. And if you really think about it, that whole wave is application management. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you get into what Kubernetes is, it's just a, it's an app management framework yeah. right? that allows me to control app payloads, pods running out in different locations, right? And so uh, they're focused on that. It's still infrastructure. It's still mm -hmm. it's still compute infrastructure. Right. It's storing the bits, multiplying the bits, and yep. make, moving the bits, network storage yeah. and compute. Uh, but but I, I look at that and it's like it's infrastructure now almost touching the apps themselves. Right? Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, it, this is an area where you see, you know, just uh, incredible demand from developers. Right. And then really just a couple of really clear hurdles about how do we make this ready for the enterprise. And that's been the thing that right. has been really frustrating for our customers is how do you get over that hump and then really make your developers efficient at accessing that infrastructure and then how do you make it possible to operate something that's a mission critical app that you know is more than just an experiment but something that i can really run my business on and it's great if you're you know one of the biggest you know two or three born in the cloud type organizations out there you can get all the right people there but how do we make that available to hundreds yeah. of thousands of customers? Yeah, that's right. And I just see this uh, cloud war starting to happen mm -hmm. between the big players. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We're sitting in infrastructure and we're building the connection so that this can all happen. Yeah. But then you, you almost see almost like Google might excel at that's you right. know, AI you know, yeah. and, and what, yeah. what they give you from an AI and the services that live for their, their AI engines. right? Mm -hmm. And Microsoft excels at, you know, Mail. Yeah, right. yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting when you look at it because um, the the time that I was at Google, you know, so many of our customers were coming to us for these really cool services, you know, data and ML and AI. And then, you know, Microsoft was a lot of application workload. So it was right. things that right. you would associate with just Microsoft doing better than anyone else. And, and then, you know, they would come to Google. We have a strategic initiative. And we want to work on this amazing data project that's going to redefine our customer experience or something like that or how we do customer engagement over time and and so yeah, um, super innovative stuff over at the at the google space right right, right. so right. We, you know, we'd have these big customers like spotify and, and others and and um and, and you'd get these guys who are just really trying to redefine their market and i think what what's exciting is that we're seeing that innovation can come from so many sources and you know who's to say that five years from now there won't be some brand new company that comes out of nowhere with some incredible must-have capability. And so if you think about VMware strategy, so we actually want you to have access to all of these. All of that, yeah. Uh, you know, we want you to choose the vendor you get to work with. Right. And then we also want you to have the flexibility to adapt and say, hey, there's this incredible new capability none of us could have anticipated, but through VMware, I can get access to that. I can build it into my apps. I can do it quickly without a lot of cost. And um, that's just a, a philosophy that I think is going to work for us for a long time. Yeah, it's almost like we shouldn't call it the cloud worse. We should call it the cloud innovation and acceleration time period, yeah, the era yeah. of cloud innovation. Because it really is. Yeah. yeah, because now by having VMware as the infrastructure and allowing you to access all this without spending $1,000 per VM per new innovation. Right. All of a sudden, I just build an NSX network connectivity out there. I have FCDC there. I have FCDC there. And all of the Google services that they're innovating in yeah. are available to me and my developers that want to take advantage of that. That's right. I mean, we, you know, we're excited to be a part of it. We, we think that we're at the core of kind of this next um, you know, era of the market. And you know, we want to be the one that is you know, the, the fastest path to the cloud, the, the cheapest way to migrate your applications, the most cost-effective cloud for you. But... But really, it's this access to innovation that I think is really powerful for for our customers. So, so getting back to the the cloud vendors, mm -hmm. you know, 
we have Amazon, we have Microsoft, yeah. now we have Google. Uh, do we ever get them all in the same room? I mean, how, how yeah. do we manage that? I guess it's kind of the way we do with storage vendors where yeah. we try to be neutral and try to be yeah. calm and fair across all of those. Like, do we get that fairness, you know, kind of vibe where we have to be yeah. Yeah, fairly neutral? Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll credit, you know, Pat and Pat Kelfinger, Sanjay, Regu, really our whole executive team. I mean, they've they've been doing this for years. They've been doing it for, right. you know, for two decades in terms of the you know Regu, another team that's been here the longest. Um, and really, you know, we, we have to have that delicate balance because all of these partners are important to us. Um, now, there is differences in how we, you know, run and operate this sort of right. solution. Certainly, the uh, VMware Cloud on AWS is the solution that VMware owns. Um, but we want to be equally fair to um, Azure and Google and IBM and others. And, and really, it's going to come down to customers. It's actually the same thing what happened in the data center is that the customers were just, were the ones that decided. We were the ones that provided that pathway um, to to access the vendor that you needed and work with who you wanted. Um, and even when it came down to our ISV relationships, you know, early in the days with virtualization, um, it was the customer who really was the one that convinced the ISVs to um, support a virtual yeah. environment yeah, to you know right. move their applications yeah, right. and certify. Yeah. And so we're seeing that now. And you know, um, I remember storage was that same way. Yeah. It actually came from customers going, no, we really want to get here. That's right. 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 So when you look around and you say, you know, you see a customer who's maybe canceling a cloud migration project because hey, the costs are just too much or the effort's too much or, or it's too risky to move a production app from the data center into something brand new. Well, that's a customer saying, if you make this easier for me, then both you, VMware, and your cloud partners will actually, both of you will benefit. So we want to be an accelerant for our partners, get more workloads into the cloud, get it there easier, and help customers do what they already are trying to accomplish. Okay. So I have one question that popped in my head. Sure. You might or might not be able to answer this. Bring it on. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, you know, when virtualization you know, hit the market and we had the same kind of environment for yeah. just virtualization, we had Intel chips, and we had different versions of Intel chips. Okay. And there was actually hardware compatibility issues yeah, where, you know, yeah. the magic story was, oh, you'll be able to move around all that. Sure. But you absolutely had to pay attention to what CPU you were running on, yeah, right, and yeah. how that worked. When we're talking about cloud workloads, is, mm -hmm. are people talking about that as well? Is there Does Intel yeah. manage to uh, make a, a good enough uh, cross-platform environment that I don't have to worry about, yeah. oh, uh, Azure has this Intel set of hardware, yeah. Amazon has Z, how, do, how are they managing that these days? You might not yeah. know the answer to that, but I yeah. can't imagine that's something that still is out there. It's been a while since I've gotten down to the silicon level, yeah, though, like though I did start my career in semiconductors. And but different, yeah. different amounts of memory yeah. in each one. i got to imagine there must be an abstraction there that, that helps out a little bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the interesting thing is that we're, um, we're, we're about two years into this model with VMware Cloud on AWS. Right. And I think what we've had in that time period is just a ton of education on things that are simple and things that are not. not. Yeah. And, and I think that's really helped us to get to the point where, you know, by and large, we can move the vast majority of workloads, workloads along around. these very right. simple models. Right. We have technologies like HCX that really help do that at bulk, and, and we have right. certainly a lot of um, compatibility and certifications for these environments. Um, now, that's not to say that we won't find some really complex apps with a lot of interdependencies into how the app has been configured that requires some effort to move. It would be naive for us to say that. Right. But I think what we're also getting better at is really analyzing those workloads and really understanding those interdependencies so that we're not running into production issues or unplanned downtime. Right. And that's really the key part is that 
um, we're just getting better and better at this. Just having good uh, good templates for the typical workloads and what what, right. what they need in order to move from point A to point B. That's right. Uh, and 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 we've had some of the people on our podcast where we yeah. talk about those risk assessments, yeah. right? And how to get a hold of those risk assessments. That makes sense. Well, you know, uh, the other thing is that a lot of our partners are offering their own migration assessments and migration services on top. So if you go into Cloud Verified Partners. They're saying, "Hey, great! We want you to come to the Fujitsu Cloud, or you know, right. name the sure. the other right. ones that yep. might be there." Out there that are, yep. And and so they're saying, "Great for your workloads here. We want to move on, or let's specialize in an app like SAP, and we want to be the best destination for SAP." Right. Something like that is becoming more and more common. And much the way we worked with Intel back in the days when we wanted certain features in the CPU to be yeah. able to support virtualization. I got to imagine there's, you know, Intel's not smart, stupid. They're right. probably looking and AMD looking at what they need inside their architecture to yeah. make this as seamless as possible when it comes to m moving these workloads from point A to point B. It's very true. And, and also, you know, I remember in the early days of my time here at VMware, the, uh, I would do a, a briefing with a customer and it would all be around moving a business critical app to the cloud. And I'd get done with my long you know, presentation and there'd be a guy in the corner that would sort of smile and nod and say, are you crazy? I built this whole stack myself. You know, I configured every piece of it. I installed, I, I, I put the rack together myself. Why would I move a production app just to save, you know, X number of dollars? And that was pretty recent that we were right. uncomfortable moving from physical to virtual. And in any early market like this, you're going right. to have, you, the best thing you can do is just prove out your example. And what we're seeing is just huge customers now that are having a lot of success. And I think as you see that, we'll hit this um, acceleration point where people will cross over, they'll feel more confident, and they'll, they'll know that this is an environment that they can really trust. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to come back to reality a little bit. We get excited because we're in Palo Alto. We're sure. living in Silicon Valley. And this is this is the cutting edge of stuff. I was at, uh, I think, Toronto VMUG in March, right? And the, the, the keynote guy, you know, says, how many people, raise your hands if you're considering cloud services or whatever. Right. And there were maybe 300 people in the room and maybe 10 yeah. raised their hand. So mm -hmm. th these things, you know, take a while to, to get around the globe, different adoption rates, right? And yeah. we're sitting in Silicon Valley, right. you know, working with tech startups and tech yeah. companies that are using Google to solve big problems, Tesla and others, right? But uh, but there's a there's a rollout that, that happens. Well, you know, you're, right? you're getting another thing, which is really interesting. I think, you know, as, as, as much as we've been out evangelizing, you know, the great things that are happening with VMware and cloud, um, you know, most customers still know us for one thing. They know us in the data center and they think of cloud as being something else or something that they have to engage another partner with. And part of that's because in their own teams, they're seeing maybe a, a new cloud center of excellence or a new cloud right. team pop up focused right. on a single public cloud vendor. And I think what's happening more and more is that cloud and traditional environments, traditional IT teams are really coming together. So, you know, when I do customer briefings, I see a variety of teams and representatives right. And, right. and relationships. And I think that we're, we're, we're moving away from that period where cloud and IT yeah. were separate. Or, cloud ops was over here. That's right. Tech, that's right. Yeah. And so the more that, that um, customers can come, and I, again, not to be uh, shamelessly plugging, but if you come to something like Cloud City, if you come to the hands-on labs, right. you'll actually see how everything that you know, everything that you already are doing with VMware is 100% extensible into the cloud. And this is a great thing for your career and your skills and your your trajectory as a as a um, someone that's valuable to your organization. And so, you know, come in and get educated. I, I think there's so much more here, and I we'll see that number of hands go up. I think a lot more for cloud services. You know, a year sure. from now and yep. eighteen months from now. Yeah, I see that. And and, and even like. 
getting your executives to come to VMworld and right. listen to Pat because right. I I think even you're working with Pat on yep. his keynote. I am, yeah, yeah. Because it's 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 also letting the top know that that's right. This can be done. You don't have to spin up other orgs to make this happen. That your current infrastructure can be ex- extended. Yeah. I, I had a great uh, customer briefing a couple weeks ago, and the the we in the room there was a very senior IT leader. There was someone who was really a fan of Kubernetes, someone who was really a fan of Amazon, someone who was really a fan of um, another uh, infrastructure option. And when we got them presenting, you know, they kind of argued amongst each other because they were all sort of believing in their own um, their own strategy. And the senior IT leader said, no, no, you don't understand. Based on what we just heard, you put VMware under everything. You have them in the data center already. You can get at AWS through VMware Cloud AWS. You can get Kubernetes through all the VMware Kubernetes solutions. You can have all of these worlds and build on what you know. And I think that's the kind of epiphany that you see. And um, I'm, I'm really right. uh, looking forward to, to more of those coming down the road. It reminds me of uh, even four or five years ago with NSX coming in, yeah. where when we introduced NSX, there was the network teams, right? And, right. And, and everybody was kind of siloed, right? And over time, this has come together. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and now the idea of SDN is just an accepted, you might right. decide yeah. whose SDN you want to implement. Right. But the idea that we're going to have you know, all network over here, and then compute over here, and storage over here. You just you just see that that coalescing. Yeah, that's right. And that right. coalesced naturally, and yeah, everybody right. it was almost a win-win for everybody because it just enabled everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So we, we definitely I can I can see that happening. Exciting times, right? Like uh, then if you start talking all the other cloud services that mm-hmm. are for infrastructure from Network Insight Manager of being right. able to look at what's actually happening from yep. and, and and worrying about hairpinning and, and, yeah, and right. eliminating slow points in this environment because yeah. it's one thing to be able to say to do it, but then there's another thing to be able to manage uh, you know data you know complex applications that are running it yeah. in this environment. Yeah. Right? Yeah, network insights, wavefront. You know what? What's really interesting is that I think for most of our customers, we're so used to something that we built or configured ourselves, something where we have you know the deepest kind of insights into how that's being run. And then you know you move into the cloud. Even if you just move to one cloud vendor, you lose that same consistent you know visibility into what you need uh, to to feel confident in your environment, to really optimize it, manage your applications. And so you know we're just seeing a ton of. Um, new services, new capabilities that are all about um, exposing those capabilities in a way that we're really used to and, and, and give us the insights we need to make sure everything's running right. Right. Um, when when you talk about buying this stuff, right? Yeah. Like, um, how do we go to market with this? Uh, mm-hmm. do you, can, I, can I buy my enterprise license agreement? Can I buy my, uh, and get some amount of cloud services? How, what's the purchase look like? How do, how do people get their hands around? Sure. And, and a lot of the guys that listen, the, the 5,000 or 6,000 people that get yeah. this podcast, um, they need to know, yeah. how do I explore into this and get some of this capability so I can start learning it? Absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, if you come into, um, if you're an existing VMware customer and you're really interested in something like VMware Cloud on AWS, that's really the one where we've made it, you know, exceptionally easy. We, Since we own that service and operate it and, and sell it, you know, it's just uh, an easy call to your, your, uh, your you know, account VMware account wrap and, hey, and get, get running. Buy some of this. That's right. right. And, right. and we've really made it easy for you to get up and running in different configurations and really a range of options based on what you want to do to get started. Um, and then actually adopting new services into that environment is something that we're really uh, focused on. So we want to make it as simple as running your, you know, I think we're all getting used to this environment where you you want something new, some new capability, you just click a button and you have it's it. somewhere in vCenter. That's right, right exactly. Right, right. Okay, here. That's right. Get some number of little icons that show up in my vCenter console. That's right. And, you know, I think the, the, the cloud has given us a great model for how services should be 
integrated and adopted across an environment. So um, there's a, a ton of great effort going on there to make it really just exceptionally simple for people to build out and enhance their service. And I, I want to say that's actually true. Like if I'm using VMC and AWS, I think it can show up mm-hmm. in my vCenter console as a, yeah, set of, right. a set of hosts. Yeah, we have a hybrid linked mode for vCenter, which actually allows you to have um, visibility into your complete asset portfolio. So really, I mean, you know, not just breaking down the walls in terms of infrastructure, but really breaking down the walls so that you know, you're not sitting there trying to wonder, well, what's here and what's there and, you know, how do I manage all of this? Now, with our partner solutions from Azure and Google and IBM and others, you know, it's it's generally working with a third party to, to procure those services. Right. But you probably already have a relationship going with that provider already. Right. So it's just about adding VMware into your mix of services. Right, right. I think, uh, to be clear, the only one that we sell directly from your account manager's AWS. Yeah, that's right. But if you want to go IBM or you want to go uh, Azure or uh, now Google, you have uh, the different vendors to work with. That's right. But once you have those services, I think we can probably connect them. Yeah, and and, uh, this is an area where we're investing a ton of energy is really how do you manage these in a much more seamless way. Um, I think we, we, we don't want people to have to manage across multiple environments, have it feel just so disconnected. So this is an area of, of uh, a lot of work for us. I think we do, uh, we have a good start to that now, and I think over time this is an area where you can see just more and more. Right, so we come back to VMworld. Um, we're definitely going to be there. We have Cloud City. I yep. gotta imagine there are probably a hundred different sessions yep. on various cloud services and cloud offerings. Um, do we think we're gonna have something on, on Google there? Uh, yeah, so uh, normally Google. they hold back some sessions, and then when we announce yeah. a deal, then all of a sudden these sessions show up in content calendar. Yeah, they're they're pretty good about uh, about right. uh, doing that, and and so really um, you can go in and learn about all of our cloud providers like Google and Azure and, and AWS. Um, you can go in and learn about sort of the building blocks like VMware Cloud Foundation, um, VMware Cloud on AWS, how that's extending out to that area. You know, and one area that we haven't really touched on much is Edge, which is a a huge new opportunity for right. our customers. Uh, a much more diverse and and kind of powerful environment than I think we've really ever um, you know focused on. Just so many options from what's happening all the way from telcos and 5G into you know near and far uh, range uh, edge solutions and even enabling uh, IoT environments. So tons of things happening there for. A, a true distributed type enterprise. Scenario. Right, that we didn't get into the Velo Cloud and how, how, yeah. that, how that edge cloud services and right. the telcos. Are we going to have telcos there as well talking about some of their cloud services yet? I don't yeah. know if that's mature. I know that the big the telco 5G guys uh, all think that they're going to be the next the, the, the fifth generation cloud provider. Right? Right. They're going to have right. cloud apps out on the edge yep. and that they're going to get into the cloud services business much like Amazon and others are doing. Yeah. Uh, so well, it'll be interesting to see how that matures. I, I think there's some right. really interesting things happening here. Number one, that the, uh, you know, the, the telco infrastructure is sort of this last bastion of unvirtualized environments. It's really mm-hmm. a, a traditional you know, physical type space. So VMware is hard at work with um, all the global telcos to really try and you know modernize that environment. That's that's one. But the second is that I think the telcos are going to play a larger role in our customers' future than really we give them credit for right now. I think there's a huge untapped opportunity for those telcos to be offering specific services, to be you know running applications, to be really engaging with the enterprise in different ways. And we're going to start to show some early signs of that here. I don't want to ruin any news, but I'm yeah. really excited uh, about so the things we're putting together. So there might be some information yeah. there that when you come to VMworld, you'll. Learn yeah. a little bit about that, which is 
it's fascinating too because we we start looking at mobile apps versus yeah. traditional apps and how are you building out your app in, in, right. infrastructure now and like mobile's becoming a serious yeah. you know, platform yeah. right and then when you start talking mobile yeah. that's when you start going oh yeah all yeah. right you know the, the edge cloud services from a that's mobile right. make a lot of sense because you're why bring that communication all the way back to yeah. uh, a, a, a cloud in in Oregon somewhere where you yeah. might want to actually have that data be much more responsive. I think what we're seeing is just a much more diverse set of demands from customers, and telco is going to play a huge role. You know, whether it's you know distributed applications, hybrid applications, um, applications that have latency sensitivity, um, other areas where you need to keep the data on premises, but you're accessing other cloud services remotely. All these scenarios are things our customers are asking for, and the rise of 5G, um, all the great new services that come from that. That's really essential to making this become more of a reality and. I was thinking about this the other day, you know, I think we take for granted these days, uh, those of us that have kids out there, you know, that are playing with um, mobile applications, social, we take multimedia for granted that it just yeah. is at our disposal. Right. And, you know, prior to, you know, generational shifts in telco are really essential to this. And so if we look at something where 5G is, you know, just on the emerging, uh, on the horizon right. today, right. Yeah. a couple of years from now, we'll have another set of things that we take for granted that we didn't even think were possible. But uh, telcos really played a role in enabling that. Market. Enabling that, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the stuff we do with our with our cell phone, it's like now you throw in AI into right. this, right? And and that's right. It, you start right, and we can't even project. And honestly, we don't want to. We just want to build an infrastructure, and however we can do it the simplest way yeah. to enable all this, it makes sense because it's going to be so complicated yeah. that reducing the complexity of that's this right. infrastructure is. Kind of a value prop for VMware, I think. This is actually, it takes us back to the beginning of, of our conversation here, which is the more that we can make this infrastructure standardized and the more that we can make it ubiquitous across all these environments, whether it's our own data centers, the big hyperscale clouds, thousands of other cloud providers, or now telco, um, this actually gives everyone else the ability to stop really focusing on that, um, understand that it's going to give you what you need. It's going to be powerful and efficient and cost-effective and everything, and then start to build on top of that and spend more time on apps and innovation and things that generate uh, value back. I just want to know when are we going to rebrand VMworld Cloud World, right? Because if you really yeah. look at it, this is this is where we're going. This is just a crazy. Well, it was it was thing. funny because I, you know, like I said, I got back here two and a half years ago, and the first VMworld Cloud was just a small little side thing that we were able to shoehorn in. It was right. something that was interesting, but it was you know part of the keynote. It really wasn't a thing and. You know, as the as the head of the cloud marketing team, I can tell you right now that my you know my my phone is going off the hook saying, how do I get in that? How do I get this thing I'm launching? Everything we're doing is really about cloud, and yeah. I think we've we have flipped around almost 180 degrees from right. where we were two years ago, um, as cloud being sort of an adjacent subject to right. cloud being the core of who we are. Core components, and it's it's just amazing. And I know I'm just getting back into history here, but Paul Moritz, when yeah. Paul Moritz came and ran us, he had, he had done a presentation to leadership and somehow I got in this room of like only like 20 of us right. uh, were, were there. I don't know how I ended. Yeah. Somebody yeah. was sick and I ended up. Were you there from an earlier meeting and just didn't leave? Or uh, yeah, maybe yeah. that was it. Maybe yeah, I just hid under a desk, but, yeah. and, and he did this pitch where he went, look, this is how cost of storage, yeah. cost of CPU, yeah. cost of networking. Yeah. It's all going to be cloud. One of these, one of these years. Yeah. Now he was, yeah. 
20 years ahead, right? right? Like yeah. he was 20 years ahead and you yeah. could argue whether he, yeah. yeah. But at the time when he started to do this, then we stopped talking about virtualization yeah. and we started just doing marketing cloud, even though we had no services. Right. And I always crashed my head going, I don't know why we're, you know, right. Pat right. came back in and we, we, we got back on a level yeah. playing field and a trajectory that makes sense. Yeah. But now I look at it, you know, 10 years later, I think he was here 10, 2008, 2009. Yeah. 10 yeah. years later, we're actually, you know, there, but it's hybrid. Things don't necessarily go away. Right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that, you know, a, a year ago, um, uh, I would have thought about the relationship as hybrid cloud being somewhat distinct from public cloud. It was right. something that felt like it only mattered to VMware's customers, and it was something that was sort of a, a core IT, yeah. you know, environment, right? right? For our customers. For our customers. Right. right. And I think in just a year, we've seen that really shift. and. Partly it's, you know, the scale of the VMware cloud environment. I mean, we have, uh, you know, about 10 million workloads in the cloud now across all of our partners. You see the hyperscalers working with VMware more uh, more directly. Right. Um, you know, you, you look at really the, the customer demand, the, the um, you know, adjacent partners wanting to work and extend the VMware environment for them. And um, it's, it's a clear, it's a, it's a multi-cloud world now but it's not a multi-cloud world that's defined with complexity and loss of efficiency and risk. It's actually one that we're really unlocking a lot of potential in that space. And so uh, for me, I'm excited to share the evolving strategy and message with everyone at VMworld. And right. I, I think it fits exactly where everyone wants to be going. Yeah. And, and get back to VMworld. It's kind of like if I were an infrastructure player, at first I thought, well, maybe I should go to reInvent, right? Yeah. Because, you yeah. know, it's got all the buzz. But I look at it now, and I actually look back. I look and go, no, I'd actually rather come to VMworld yeah. because I get this view of the multi-cloud environment, and I'm I'm still in base of my my infrastructure. Yeah. But then I'm getting what I need to know about uh, AWS. I'm getting what I need to know about Azure, and I'm yeah. getting what I need to know about Google now. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and IBM. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. throw them in. IBM and, yeah. and throw in yeah. Kubernetes. And, and, and then also yeah. you get the platform, you get the Dell, you get the HP, yeah. you get the storage vendors, you get the the whole stack that uh, yeah. allows me. To stay current with my current stuff, but then absorb the the, the new cloud stuff that's coming in. Yeah, right? that's right. So, yeah. uh, that's where I come back to. Well, do I rename the whole thing cloud, or do I? Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of this place where if I were going to take five thousand and, and learn, I think I would I would put my money on VMworld now, right? Yeah, which, absolutely. Which is actually a shift from my perspective last year, where last year I kind of went, uh, maybe I put my five five dollars on on going to reinvent just because the cloud. Is there? We're there. We go to reinvent. Yeah. You know, we're going to be at reinvent again this year. But if I look at what the value prop I get, yeah. I actually look at coming to VMworld again just because it's really cloud world. Well, I mean, right. you know, one one thought for our, our listeners here is, you know, if you're coming to VMworld or you're thinking about coming to VMworld, you know, bring someone from your cloud team. You know, if there's someone who's, you know, a, a real um, committed, you know, cloud uh, right. teammate right. who's focused on Amazon or focused on Azure, whatever it is. Bring them along and just let them get exposed to what we're doing because I think, you know, first of all, it'll help all of our customers and our listeners right. go back and represent, you know, different strategies and different ideas alongside each other. But I think that some of the, the people who maybe don't have a relationship with VMware will be really surprised at the role that we're playing and, and how we're integrated in with so many of these other services. Right. And somebody on chat actually throws in, bring someone from your cloud security team. Perfect. Right? Yeah. Because that really, that's, uh, you need to, you need to yeah. figure this out. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great times. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's one of these things where I don't want to die, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's so many things going on now, right? That you're like, oh, 
I just want to live for 50 years to That's see right. how this plays out. And that's looking at my yeah. my life chart going, yeah, by yeah. 2040, I'm going to be like 85 yeah, you gotta, years old. You got to hang gonna, on there. Yeah, yeah exactly. I got to take my NAD plus pills or something. That's and right. Re- go backwards in time. I'm sure one of our customers is working on some sort some, of life uh, longevity life thing. Yeah, yeah I, I need that because it, it, it is it is just exciting to be back in IT now. Right? Well, the I mean, the it, it's also interesting because you mentioned Paul Moritz. You mentioned kind of the history here. You know, I, I share that same history. I was here when Paul uh, was our CEO, and and it, it wasn't that long ago, but it's also ten years. We're just at the beginning of this market, and you know, it, I think that you're at a point now where if you were at the beginning of uh, of the the web uh, generation, if you were at the beginning of Java being created, if you were at the beginning of all of these scenarios, um, you know, which uh, I frankly was, I was just out of college at that point, and and uh, I probably didn't appreciate it at the time, but I think give a couple of years in, you, you really start to appreciate we're watching something really special right now. And I think this multi-cloud era is going to be really the defining uh, moment in, in many of our careers from here on out. Yeah. I want to say that, but then I, I, I started my career out of college with uh, the IBM uh, PC uh, for, for uh, megahertz yeah. CPU. Yeah. And it was super exciting to have like, oh my God, you have your own computer because right. before when I was in college, right. I got a PDP-11, which had a teletype printout, right? right. And right. I started my career with punch cards at IBM mainframes where I was doing JCL and, and then a terminal showed up and I'm like, oh, so excited because yeah. you had a terminal. Right. Right. Then you had a PC that would allow you to play video games and write so it's just, just it keeps going, yep. right? And it, it is that's technology, right? Um, yeah, it yeah. is going to keep moving. There is no finish line there on technology, no which line. is probably the cool thing. Which but, is super exciting. Yeah. One of these days, they're going to put a chip in the back of us, yeah. and we're going to get a lot of. Yeah, but it, and, and there's going to be IT behind getting the next generation of whatever intelligence yeah. is in my chip, you know, connected to me. Right, right, right. right. So not going to stop. It's going to be exciting the whole time. I like the idea of the cloud infrastructure stuff because it just means we don't have to rack and stack so many cables, right? Yeah, so, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah and, and these are, in many ways, we're, we're really realizing a lot of the goals that we laid out you know, many yeah. years ago. And you look at some of the vision around not having to worry about the data center, not having to have these artificial walls. I mean, these are things that they're, they're still fairly new for a lot of our customers. I think they will be um, more and more, they'll be a little bit... Um, more commonplace. And then just like we were saying, you take for granted that you have all these things accessible through your mobile system or some other uh, environment, we'll take for granted that we don't have to do these things that we used to do. And uh, we'll, we'll be able to you know, focus on some things that are um, we've always wanted to. Mike Hume, we're coming up to the top of the hour. Uh, anything else you want to say? You're going to be obviously, obviously be at VMworld. Yep. You'll probably be at uh, reInvent, maybe yeah. other vendors as well. Um, what yeah, are your goals so, for the rest of the year? Just get the message out. Yeah. Get some of the cloud people to, yeah. to start listening to the, the meetings. Yeah, I would love it. I mean, so number one, VMworld, three weeks away. Come and see me at Cloud City, uh, second floor of Moscone West. You actually can't miss it. If you're going anywhere to a tech session or a hands-on lab or anything else, you'll right. You'll actually come off the escalator and. And they're putting you up on a pedestal, right? You're going to be up there in a silver. You know, that was my request. Very okay. futuristic, right. you know. So I'll, we'll see if we can pull it off. Uh, uh, but that's great. And then you know, right after that, we'll be um, VMworld uh, Europe in Barcelona down in November. Reinvent, of course, um, our V forums across uh, APJ for any of our international uh, listeners. Um, and then also KubeCon US. Right, so, I was going to say we 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 do KubeCon as well. Yeah, right? yeah. This is a um, a big new investment for us, or an expanded investment, I should right. say. Uh, we were in the Barcelona event earlier this year. Joe Beta, Craig McClucky, come and meet the actual original authors of of Kubernetes. 
Um, they'll both be there. They're extremely down-to-earth guys. Listen to their podcast as well. Um, uh, really uh, engaging, hands-on people that are still doing great work. VMware is now one of the top two or three contributors to the Kubernetes community. Um, so we're really um, we're walking walking the walk and, and talking the talk. And putting our money down and, and, and engaging. And it was interesting to hear Joe talk because yeah. he was actually excited to come to VMware because yeah. he saw yeah. us as the, the easiest way to get this out into the enterprise, right? And, right. and accelerate the shift in applications. He's less about the infrastructure and he's more about yeah. just providing services to app people. And yeah. it was, he, he actually was excited to come here. I mean, talk about a continuation of uh, you know, just staying true to his, his agenda, you know, taking something that was at Google and then really exposing it to a community and now taking something that was at a small company and bring it to VMware for hundreds of thousands of customers and millions of developers. This is really the democratization of, of Kubernetes for, and it's it's really true to his his agenda from the start. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Mike Hume, uh, you're on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? No, I'm not on Twitter. Not um, on Twitter. No, no. Not on Twitter. You just got to come to VMworld and see him live. That's right. Come and see me live. Uh, Fucking the trend. Look, I, you're going to leapfrog over everybody because we're just going to get old, and then you're just going to have. I'm looking for the yeah, new. I'm yeah, waiting for the go, new thing. Go right to the new stuff. I heard there's a new 5G social media program Perfect. that's about to come out in I'm two sure. years. I'll be right on top of I it. I can't keep up. <laughs> uh, thanks for being on the show. It's Absolutely. always great to have you uh we'll see you at vmworld go register for vmworld and and to finish out tony foster i know you're on the call maybe you want to mute we'll talk a little barbecue um and you know we're at the end of the summer are there any end of summer barbecue hints going on i don't know that that's an awesome question i i don't know that i have any uh good barbecue hints uh yeah yeah and i i haven't done any uh, barbecue so, so, so tony Tony and, and Eric, this is Jonathan. Um, Vert Security over here. I've got uh, a friend who is winning multiple chuck wagon competitions, and he's doing a lot of the stuff the 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 gaucho way, the the stuff from the Brazilian cowboys. And what he's doing is he's grilling uh, sirloin uh, slabs of sirloin uh, on those those very long knives, the stored style. And the secret he says is no extra spices, salt, grill it, slice it, let it rest, and then re-grill it and bring the crisp into it. Interesting. Ooh, nice. Right. Got it. Now, that's interesting. All right. Well, we'll have to do some research, Julia Klaus, and uh, several of the people are Brazilian, so we'll... Uh, We'll have to maybe do some, uh, you know, do some research on Brazilian barbecue and maybe d d dive down on that a little bit and uh, spend some time there because I know it's popular here in the Bay Area now and it's, uh, it's gaining I, momentum all over the place. So hmm. I think it, I think it opens up our international flavor of the experts anyway, right? There you go. Very true. Okay. Happy to do that. All right, with that, we're at the top of the hour. Mike Hume has taken off. He's got another meeting to go to, so we're going to wrap it up. Thanks a lot, everybody. We will be back here again next week. We are going to drill down into Kubernetes and the Raspberry Pi labs that we are running. We have open slots. We just released them. I think they're half full so far, but uh, going to be a lot of fun. We have Raspberry Pi 4s. I got a Raspberry Pi 4 box somewhere in the studio. Here we go. Um, I'll do this one. So how much memory did you get on it, Eric? Take a look at this Raspberry Pi 4. We're going to be giving them away um, at, at VMworld. We're going to give some of those away with the labs. These guys are pretty cool. Uh, come with a power supply. Come with a nice little Raspberry Pi case now. They've got little red and white cases that they use. 
Uh, it has dual uh, HDMI out, so you can have a user workstation. They come with two and four gig of memory. I only got the two gig memory versions versus the Raspberry Pi 3s only had one gig. So it's a two gig Raspberry Pi 4 with dual HDMI out. Uh, it has, uh, I want to say, faster Ethernet. I think it's uh, uh, 100 uh, a gigabit gigabit Ethernet connectors on them now, uh, and I think a multiple, so you can have a storage network. So, guys, pretty cool, cool little devices. We're going to be there. We're going to be running Raspberry, uh, sorry, Kubernetes on these guys. Uh, we're going to be giving Raspberry Pis away. Uh, we are also ordering a lot of Raspberry Pi 3s for something. Can't tell you what, but uh, if you're a V-expert, you might want to come along because it should be fun. We're giving away sensors. So uh, we're going to cover all this in next week's podcast. Uh, where we're going to be talking about uh, the labs for Kubernetes running on PKS and the Raspberry Pi stuff in the code labs. And there are still sessions open. We'll have those sessions for next week. Until then, everybody have a great work week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot.